He's tall and true, a for two, and he's waiting to attack. By a name he is known that is not his own, for they call him Spring Hill Jack. Down the streets of Old Chef Town, where the beer is warm and the water's brown, and the forge hammer bangs all night and day, and the old men cough as the children play, where the factories churn out steel and soot, there walks a fiend so light on foot, that he can jump and some say fly, from roof to roof up through the sky. His eyes burn red with the fires of hell, his hands are clawed and his voice is fell. He cackles as he comes to you, and there's nothing you can do. He's Spring-Heel Jack, never turn your back. He's Spring-Heel Jack, and he's coming down the track. Yes, he's coming to attack. Cause he's Spring-Heel Jack. Just one more report to file, and I can go home. Ever since I took on this new desk sergeant job, I've been bored out of my wits. All right, Meg. Arrested any werewolves or vampires lately? <laughs> Look, smart sergeant, what have you been doing all day? Did you get those crime reports finished like it asked you to? Uh, yes, ma'am. They're all ready in here for you. One minor burglary, one horse-related traffic incident, and Mr Perkins has reported rats have been in his wheat shed. Again! Again? Well then, Sergeant, you'd better get over and see to it. Uh, Madame, I was just about to... Yes. You were what, exactly, Sergeant? Nothing, Chief Inspector, Mrs Greyman. That's right, Reg. You've been causing enough trouble around here, and I want you on small jobs where I know I can keep my eye on you. All this running around after spirits is such nonsense. I know you're superstitious, but you can't explain every cold case of the supernatural. You're not a bad copper, but you're on thin ice. Do you understand? Now you can go home when I say you can go home. And no more ghosts, do you hear me? And go see Mr Perkins. I'm sure the rats are waiting for you. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Three bags full, ma'am. Get a grip on yourself, Reg. And don't let a blooming woman talk to you like that, even if she is the chief inspector. by a monster. All right, young lady, a monster, you say? Look at her, she's drunk. Looks like she's been dragged through a hedge backwards. One for you here, Sergeant Empty Head. Officer, officer, you must help me, it's an emergency. I was attacked in the park by a monster. Now, now, young lady, you must calm down. You're hysterical, you see. What on earth is wrong with you? Somebody attacked you? Officer, I was on my way home from the house where I work and I was attacked by a gentleman, but he wasn't a gentleman. He was, he was a monster. <sighs> now, my dear, we get young ladies in here every day saying exactly the same thing as you. 
I expect you asked this young man to walk with you. Have you been drinking? No, Sergeant. I'm a respectful, employed woman, and I come from a good family. I'm not drunk, and I earn an honest living. Not some young floozy from the gutters falling out of the pubs. I demand to speak to you privately. This situation is most embarrassing for me. Right, uh, well, follow me then, miss. We can talk somewhere more private. This way. I'm Spring Hill Jack. You'd better watch your back. Cos I'm gonna attack when the night gets black. Right now, uh, if you'd just like to start at the beginning, Miss, uh... My name is Miss Lola Rosa Sargent, and thank you for taking my time to listen to me. It is a very distressing situation, very distressing indeed. Yes, I'm sure. Well, please tell me what happened. It all started that evening. leaving the house of Madame and Mr Jenkins at, of Nether Edge and walking back home to Park Hill. As I walked through the park, you know it's very dark there, and I was startled by a man. Ah! Pardon me, ma'am. Did I startle you? Goodness, um, yes, sir, you did. My apologies, ma'am. I didn't mean to creep up on you. The cemetery is so very dark. Uh, yes, sir, it is. I usually walk during the light of the early evening. This cemetery is an unpleasant place in the dark indeed. No place for a young woman. Yes, sir. Well, goodbye. Wait a second, my girl. A lovely lass such as you shouldn't be walking alone through a cemetery in the dark. I will walk with you. Oh, sir, there's no need. Now, now, my lass. I'm a gentleman. As you see, no harm can come to you with one such as I. Very well. What a lovely place for an evening stroll. A tunnel to the graveyard, sir. I, on a dark night. Well, to each man his own, my girl. Well, now, your husband is a very foolish man to allow his lovely wife to walk home at night. Oh, no, sir. I am not married. What? You mean there is no one waiting at home for you? Well, there is my mother and father, but they're staying away in Chesterfield with my aunt this evening. He looked at me and his eyes were red. Red, I say, glowing like coals, like the eyes of the devil himself. Alone, eh? Sir? He raised his hands and his fingernails were long as claws and seemed to be made of metal. They were sharp and I felt them bite into my flesh. He leapt at me. He slashed at me. I screamed. <laughs> And this seemed to disturb him, for he sprang up and bounded away. I've never seen a man run so like a rabbit. Then he was gone. I picked up my garments and ran here. Well, my dear, that's quite the tale. Officer? You see, you aren't the first to tell me this, and you'll not be the last. You see, when you agree to let a young man walk you home... But, officer, I was attacked. Surely agreeing to be uh, escorted 
to a park isn't the same as agreeing to such an ordeal. The thing is, my dear, long claws, red eyes, it all sounds a little, well, you know, unbelievable. I don't believe this. My advice to you, my dear, would be to hurry home, put this out of your head, and in the future you'd be wise not to accept invitations from men, no matter how good-looking. And perhaps you'll manage to stay a little safer in your own company. So you'll do nothing to help me? <laughs> my dear, what can I do? Did he tell you his name or where he lived? And what would I charge him with, taking a fancy to a pretty girl alone at night? <laughs> These girls always getting caught up in dramas of their own making. Officer Empstead, or this time I feel like I should really call you Officer Emptyhead, as so many of your colleagues here do. Huh? What? What is it, ma'am? I've just been informed by the other officers that you have just privately interviewed a young lady who said she had recently been attacked. Uh, yes, ma'am? by a monster. Ah, oh, it's not how it looks, Sarge. That's it, Hempstead. I warned you. This time I'm sick and tired of your nonsense. You're out. Concerning the man who believes he can catch me. First, I might address that you will not. But if that's how you wish to spend your time, I will not stop you, yet. But I write to you because I have a story which I think you might like to add to your little archive. You may have heard of the murder of Eliza Boot. I believe it was in the paper last week. Well, might I give my recollection, as the article was utterly false. Eliza Boot was with her friend. Harsh words were exchanged, and then she ran down an alleyway. This was a bad decision. Then she turned right off the main road into the cemetery. Maybe she sought solitude? Another bad decision. I don't think she saw me. Then I became a bore of following her. So that's when I introduced myself as Robert and gave no second name. She seemed scared and replied, good evening, and then walked away. I pursued. She told me to leave her be as she was a very respectable woman and would never walk in the woods with a man at such an hour. Then I slit her throat. I let her float down the sheath, staining the water with scarlet. There will be more instances like these. Sincerely, Spring Healed Jack. Now, what will I do? How am I or anyone else going to feel safe if the police won't listen to me? If there was only a way to... Wait, that's it. I'll go to the newspaper. A journalist could surely write an article to warn others of this vicious attacker. The Sheffield Telegraph. This is the place. Now, to find someone who will speak to me. Excuse me, sir. Goodness, miss. You look like you've been dragged through a hedge backwards. What do you mean? Oh, I beg your pardon, miss. It's just, well, your dress is all muddy and crumpled like you've been wrestling in the mud. Come sit down inside the office and take a breath. You look near to fainting. Dear James Spring, I've come to understand 
that you may be able to help me. Unlike the disappointing police, many of my friends have written to you concerning their attacks. Now it is my turn. You may want to sit down. I was finishing my evening shift at my husband's pub, serving my last customer. I waved them goodbye and almost collapsed with relief. I was so tired, I barely even noticed a mysterious young man wearing a black cloak and hood concealing his face. As I stood up, I noticed him and offered to serve him. He shook his head and his hood fell down, revealing his devil-like face, shocking me. He clawed at me, savaging me and left, leaving me in a state of shock. I fled home in a bout of fear. I sincerely hope you can help me. From Jane Moore. So sorry to trouble you. Are you a journalist? Yes, miss. Jane Spring, at your service. I haven't been working here for very long, but so far it seems to be an exciting job. Well then, you are just the person I need. I've come to report an attack. An attack, miss? What sort of attack? An attack of terrible violence upon my person. I went directly to the police and they refused to listen or to believe me. And I worry for the safety of other poor innocent girls out walking alone, as if their very presence were an invitation for the unwelcome attentions of unsavoury characters. Blimey. And to make matters worse, my attacker was not human. Pardon? Yes, his eyes blazed red with fire as he seemed to breathe blue flames as he clawed at my clothes and hair with his long, short metal claws. And as he ran away, he sprang through the park, jumping several feet into the air as he... <laughs> You laugh, you're as bad as the policeman. What sort of society do we live in where women are ridiculed after suffering? I thought you'd be different, especially when you see these cuts to my dress down on my arms. Uh, cuts, you say? Well, that's no laughing matter. Let me see. <laughs> yes, something scratched you good and proper, miss. No mistake. You said this was a man, not a cat, or a bird, or... Mr. Spring, I swear upon my life, he was who attacked me. A monster in human disguise. And the people of Sheffield need to know who walks in their midst. What a story. Violence, intrigue. A beautiful young woman and a ghostly gentleman prowler who can spring like a jack-in-the-box. Jack, that's it. What a headline. Spring healed Jack. So you'll write the story? You bet you're alive. Come on, give me the details and we'll get started. I'm spring healed Jack. You'd better watch your back. I'm gonna attack when the night gets black. I really got the knack for giving people a whack. And I'm not going back, and that's a fact. I don't trust that hack, better give him the sack. If there's one thing I don't lack, Giving ladies a smack. Hello, eh? Um, Spring Hill Jack, you better watch your back. Because I'm gonna attack when the night gets black. My cane goes crackety crack as the girls go yakety yak. 
They say with guilt I should be racked, but I'm not, because my heart is black. I'm Spring Hill Jack, I'm gonna attack when the night gets black, because I'm Spring Hill Jack. I'm Spring Hill Jack. I'm Spring Hill Jack. I'm Spring Hill Jack. And I'm back. And that's that. Written and performed by Anna McGautree, Mo McGowan, Una B. Miller, and Sarah Yu. Music by Bowen Haynes and George Porter. Supervised and produced by Matt Ritchie, Rebecca Hearn, Al McGregor, and Sarah Sharp. This story bomb was made at Hybrid 3 Studios and supported by National Lottery Community Fund. Tune in soon for episode two of Spring Healing Jack! Yeah.